When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, everybody. It's Josh and Jilly and Dr. Busby at toegrips.com. That is toegrips.com. With our friend, Dr. Busby, she is awesome. And of course, Luther takes her Encore Mobility Supplement every day. Uh, but uh, Dr. Busby's not just all about the supplements and about the, oh, I don't know, the the toe grips and the do-it-yourself nail trimming kit. No, sir. Dr. Busby is about that awesome blog that you can check out at toegrips.com. Uh, tons of info there. Any question you have about your dog, something your dog is doing, is your dog scratching too much? Like your dog scratching, like, why are you so itchy? There's probably an answer there at toegrips.com. Oh, but my dog uh, is coughing, hacking up a lot. Well, good news. There's probably an answer at toegrips.com. Anything your dog is doing. Oh, my dog's licking too much. Well, probably going to find the answer at toegrips.com because Dr. Busby kicks ass and she has all the answers. So go to that website, toegrips.com. If you use the promo code Luther for a purchase, you'll save 10%. Uh, They're just great people. Good folks. Nice family. Huge family, by the way. I think she's got 11 teen kids. There's a lot. There's a ton of them in there. She's awesome. Uh, Her husband's awesome. They've been great, loyal supporters of the show, and we truly appreciate that. So go to that website, toegrips.com, promo code LUTHER to save 10%. That's toegrips.com. Tons of info there. Uh, the, and, the, of course, the Encore Mobility will help your older dogs get around, too. That's a, just an easy supplement to take. Go to toegrips.com, would you please? Toegrips.com with our friend, Dr. Busby. This is the Josh Ennis Show. Howdy, friends, and welcome in to the Josh Ennis Show. It is Josh and Jelly today. It's been a uh, busy day. We were getting the oil changed in the car, and the tires rotated, and Luther was an asshole today. Yeah, he was. So, uh, I mean, very, maybe it's just because he's old. I mean, he's older. He's not like an old, decrepit dog. But I'm thinking that maybe Luther just acts like an asshole sometimes because he's an old man and that's what old men do. No, I think he's got, I mean, we know he has liver issues. So I think sometimes maybe they flare up more. And so when we try to get him to eat his breakfast, he hides from his food and then goes outside and won't come back inside because he doesn't want to be near the food. Well, or sometimes maybe he's just an asshole. It's possible that the dog might just be an asshole sometimes. We've discussed that many times. He's got asshole tendencies. Wonderful dog. Lovely dog. Affectionate dog. Loves to give kisses and loves to be pet and everything else. But he might just be an asshole sometimes. He's still got his way. He's still got to go to daycare. That's true. Because we had to go get the damn car uh, oil chains and the tires rotated. That's how much we drive, by the way. It's like we, have to, we can't just go to the quick drive-in oil change place. 
We have to go make an appointment at the Midas and wait an hour. By the way, what's the, the point of making an appointment if you still have to sit there and wait an hour to be seen? Why not just walk in? What's the point? Because whoever walked, if you notice, the girl that walked in after us, they turned away. Fine, but I don't think you should have to go to a place and make an appointment somewhere. If you're like, like in my mind, if there's an appointment and you have made the appointment and you are ready to go then you should be seen when your appointment is maybe two or three minutes behind. It should not be a scenario where you sit there for 45 minutes waiting for your appointment. Oh, welcome to the world. I mean, the same thing with the doctor's world's offices. Stupid. And also, like, the problem is, I mean, if you don't, I don't know, you were busy coloring in the waiting room. And I did a hell of a job. So now, those know. colored pencils sucked, but I did a pretty damn good job with them. I don't know that you heard the whole thing, but they usually have, like, three guys working and two of them called out. Uh, well, now I know. I wasn't sure. But now I but know. But it is annoying because we drive like, you know, supposed to get the tires rotated every 5,000 miles. And apparently that's a big deal because that's how we blew through a pair of tires in less than a year. Not well, having we them rule, rotated. So. But yeah, so we can't just go to the quick little drive through 15 minute oil change. Oh no, we've got to go through the whole shebang and the whole tire rotation every time. And we sat there and uh, what was on TV was friends on TBS. So it was basically like sitting at home uh, like we would be. And we're watching Friends, and this nice gentleman walks in waiting for his appointment, I guess. And he's wearing a bucket hat and, like, cargo shorts and, like, like off-trail, like, trail shoes almost. You know what I'm saying? Like, you'd go hiking. And he's just sitting there silent, doing nothing, looking at his phone, blah, blah, blah. That's all he's doing. Then one line comes up on Friends, and this guy just starts laughing his balls off at Friends. Like, ah, ha, 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 ha. And then he ends it with, oh, shit. It well, was one of those old man type. My grandma used to laugh that way. Like, the oh, shit, laugh. That's one of, like, the better, like, that's one of the funniest episodes, though. It's the one, if anyone in here watches Friends, where, where Chandler and Phoebe are trying to seduce each other to win so that um, they can expose Chandler and Monica are banging. Yeah. It's a great episode. It really is. Well, it must have been episodes. a fantastic episode because that fucking guy was laughing his ass off. It really is, though. It's one of my favorites. I mean, he found that to be hysterical. Just nonstop <laughs> laughing his balls off. Twice. And he was only, I mean, he was only in there for like 15 minutes. Two or three times, the dude just starts laughing out loud and ends it with, <laughs> oh, shit. And it's almost like he was looking at us to look back at him and laugh with him. Oh, no, he was. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and laugh with you chief you did, though I, well, I, I, I did you're right but I, but I did laugh because I genuinely thought it was funny that he was laughing like I have no idea what the line on the show was but sometimes when you're just around people and people laugh and it gets the thing going then it's more enjoyable in that way and everybody laughs it's contagious you see so anyway uh let's see anyway glad everybody's in here today glad you guys are hanging out with us uh, the Home Run Derby was last night. There was that. Uh, we can talk about that. But I'd like to share a story with you first. So today, the Marconi Award nominations were announced. That is the big radio award. The Marconi I don't Award. I think it's really a big thing it, at all. It really isn't. I but think like, you're kind of a loser if you send in a nomination, honestly. Um, yes. Now. 20 years ago, it sounded really cool. Like, yeah, I'm a Marconi Award winner. But now it's like. Yeah, it. It doesn't matter. Do you got Instagram followers or no? Yeah, like no one really cares. It's just so people can jerk each other off and say they want a Marconi, right? Uh, my boss did not submit my uh, my nomination because I did not give him $75 to submit it. It's a farce, by the way. You submit $75 to the National Association of Broadcasters. You then submit 200 words about your show. No air checks, no audio. It's just words about your shitty show, right? 
but my dad really takes pride in winning this. And he's won one before, and he was nominated one or two other times. I went for him once because he didn't want to go. So me and my buddy went to Washington when he was nominated. He didn't end up winning, but we went, and if he would have won, I would have accepted the award on his behalf. Well, today you and I are in the car, and you're reading me these nominations. And I forgot which category dad would be in, medium market probably, medium market personality. So... I'm hearing the names. I guess I guess Dad didn't win, and I ordered to get nominated. If Dad would have been nominated, he probably would have talked about it. Fine, okay, cool. We would have all been tagged in a Facebook post. I didn't have my phone with me all day. Basically, from about twelve thirty on, I had left my phone at home. We took Luther to daycare. We went to the car place. We got back at like four something. So I haven't had my phone all day. I have a missed call from my dad and two text messages from my dad. And you and your dad don't really talk like a ton anymore. We do for not. For whatever reason. We talk sparingly, but we don't talk all that often. Well, you see that. Because every time I, here's the problem. Every time I talk to him, it's like, well, he'll talk about himself for 10 minutes and then he's got to go. I'm like, I don't need this. But I knew that he had tried to get nominated for the Marconi Award this year. You see a missed call in two texts, you think someone's dead. Well, but well, he might as well be after I tell you what happened. Oh, no. So he sends me two screenshots. Now remember, he he submitted his 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 uh, his info to be nominated for the seventy five. He paid the seventy five dollars, and he wanted to be nominated for the Marconi Award. Okay, cool. Well, he sends me a screenshot of this email. This email says, "Dear Scott Ennis, congratulations." Your submitted entry, Media Market Personality of the Year, Scott Ennis, WRQQFM, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, is a finalist for the 2022 NAB Marconi Awards. A plaque signifying your accomplishment will be sent to you in the coming weeks. Please confirm this is the correct address to send the plaque. So they send him all the info. Dad has been nominated for the Marconi Award. Okay? Next screenshot. That one came in at, uh, let's see... That was sometime around 11, I guess. 12.48 this afternoon. Screenshot. Scott, I spoke with Toby, and the email you received was due to a mail merge error in Outlook. She is in the process of reaching out to people to clarify, but the press release is correct regarding the finalist. Please let me know if you have any questions. So. This happened to everybody. I've seen four other people post that. So, that so dude. What the fuck? Again, you got to be a- better than that. Like, how difficult is this to just send out the information to the people who were nominated? Now a bunch of people, my dad included, get their hopes up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm fucking nominated. They're swinging their dicks around. And now it's like, oh, sorry, tough shit. You get nothing. Such a prestigious award that they can't get their shit together. Bullshit. Like, that's stupid. That is bullshit. And that's similar to what happened to me when I almost won the uh, Most Improved Player Award at uh, Williamson Kennedy Elementary School Basketball back in fourth grade. Did I ever tell you that story? Fairly I, sorry. I, I'm sure I have. I've known you for over a decade. I've probably told you every shitty story of mine. but Several times. But I was the white guy on the basketball team in fourth grade. It was fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, and we played at this place called Williamson Kennedy Elementary School. It was the last year of its existence. This was in Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Okay, so throw away a little town. Well, we were told to go to the Poplar Bluff Mules high school basketball game that night because they were going to announce award winners from the basketball team at halftime. Cool. We all show up. They tell us to dress kind of nice. So you put on like a necktie, you know, fourth grade, you got your necktie on, you're feeling good. 
and they announce the most improved player award. I mean, they're on a microphone at center court in the gymnasium, Poplar Bluff High School, home of the mules. A couple of years later, it was going to be the home of Tyler Hansbro, Psycho T, who I played against when I was in fourth grade. But anyway, they get up there. Most improved player award goes to Josh Ennis. And like, yeah, my whole family's clapping. People are having a great fucking time. Yes, Josh won. I got a medal for that. Nice little medal. They took my picture and they put it in the paper. That's a big deal. I was in the paper next to all these other dudes who won these awards for being good. I won for sucking because the most improved player award goes to, generally speaking, the white dude who sucks. Uh, John Morant won the most improved player. I'm talking about in high school, not, you know, in the league because there aren't too many white dudes in the league. (laughs) So anyway, I win this medal. I go to school the next day, and I'm feeling good about myself. Here's Josh Ennis, big Most Improved Player Award winner. Did you I wear the medal it. to school? Pro- maybe. Like around your neck? Probably. Mm. Like a fucking boss. So I go in. I get called into the principal's office, right? Principal brings me in. And I'm not making this up. This woman was kind of like the principal and Uncle Buck. Kind of had like the little, you know, you know, have a here's a quarter, have a rat and all that thing off your face type of, you know, wart. And uh, she brings me in. She says, Josh, we got to tell you something. I said, yeah, what's that? Well, there was an error, and you did not win the most improved player award. How do you mess that up? I'm like, I, I'm like, what the fuck, you know? And they said, no, you did not win. Some girl on the girls' team won the most improved player award, and they said, now listen, this, and this is something that sticks with me, and it will never leave my mind. This is in my mind, and it's burned in my mind. It's like one of those Michael Jordan things that drives him. He's like, and I took that personally, type of shit. This is one of those, and I took that personally. And this things. is why you hate women. N- n- yes, you have. So- that's why I believe if a woman doesn't say thank you when you open the door for, her, it's okay to pull a gun. This is the reason. <laughs> This woman goes, listen, Josh, you can keep the medal, but just know you did not earn it. <laughs> and that's exactly what well, she told it's me. it's so weird. Like, you would think, may, unless maybe the Poplar Bluff Mules uh, in their high school and whatever was, or what was this, what school was this for, you said? This was the Williamson Kennedy okay. uh, Elementary School ba- Grizzlies. Okay. Bears. Well, maybe like they're that. just super progressive and they thought ahead to where gender doesn't matter. But you would think that there would be a most improved boy. And a most improved girl. Cool. I, I agree. And so I go home that day and I tell grandma, and now grandma doesn't pull any fucking punches. Grandma's a savage. So I walk in and, I, and I'm all mad, like huffing and puffing. Damn what it, was, grandma. What was the race of the girl who won? She was black. So like, dude, think, there were four white kids in the school and I happen to be one of them. Do you think, conspiracy theory here. Oh boy, well hell, that, that got, <laughs> I got the perfect tune for you. Here you go. Do you believe? That when you were announced the winner of the most improved player, it was in fact correct, but there was an outrage, and this was pre-social media. Yes. So nobody could go go online, but do you think like they said it was racist for the white kid to win? I think it might have been possible, like because there's no see. I've never thought of it this way, but my grand. Let me tell you what my grandma said, and this is where it should have got me in motion. So I go home. We lived with my grandma at the time, and she lived right down the hill from this school. The school is now, I think, either a mental hospital or they use it for Halloween, like uh, like the Halloween houses, haunted houses. But like it was right across the street from the public swimming pool, which are never good areas. You walk down the hill, you turn right at the softball field, you go up another little hill, and there's my grandma's house. So it's a, a hop, a skip, and a jump. Literally a hop, a skip, and a jump. I walk in, she goes, hey, Edward. I go, hi, Grandma. She's probably preparing to whip me up a, a mess of, you know, Pillsbury biscuits out of the can where I would eat a dozen of them after school every day. 
That's how, you know, the fit stay fit. And I walk in, I go, Grandma, you won't believe this. They told me that I didn't earn that medal, and they said I didn't win it, and someone else won it, some girl won it. And she goes, Edward, let me tell you what, that, that shit, that ain't no count. And I'll tell you what, then why did they say your name? My grandma. She's not wrong. Like, I, I don't understand how you can just mess that up. That's not like at the, the Oscars where they read the wrong movie, remember? Yeah. Like, the right movie was on the card. They just read it wrong. Yeah. Your name was clearly on this award. And so I think, I think grandma's onto something, too. I think that someone said this is not right. Why does the white kid win? I think your point Why might be valid. Why does the white male kid win? It's also important to note that Grandma Edna, outside of Timothy Battle, <coughs> is the person that loves a kid, just loves drama. So Grandma loved drama. That like she just loved to be kind of in the middle of it and talk shit school? about people. What? Did she go down to the school? She did not. She did not go to the school. Well, then she doesn't love drama. Well, she does though. She Battle I mean, would have gone to the school if his kid didn't win the best award. I don't know that Battle would have done that. I Maybe he would have. But I can tell you that um, but Grandma was not pleased with that scenario, and she was pissed. And my mom didn't really care. She's like, whatever, Josh. A couple of weird things happened to me when I went to that school. It was yeah, the see, Ricky Rabies, white privilege and poplar bluff. I think it's obvious. It's not popular bluff, Ricky. It's poplar bluff. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I uh, and a couple of weird things happened to me. That was also the place... That I had my brand new Kansas City Chiefs knit cap with the arrowhead on it and had the KC on it. And I went to school and it was confiscated on the playground by this principal lady. They go, why'd you take you know, why'd you take my hat? Well, we're sorry, Josh, but these hats have gang connotation now. Apparently KC meant kill Crips. So like we were just gang banging fourth graders that were Crips and Bloods, apparently. So I remember that day, too, coming home all pissed off. Mom, I can't wear my hat that I just bought at the Walmart. Did any other kids have Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, I think they apparel? got a bunch. I think a bunch of people got shit confiscated. Mm. MW Soulgrove says, that's the day Josh became a racist. How about that? Yes, that is confirmed. Actually, another good point here. A that, sexist and a racist that same day. That, hey, listen, it's one of those moments. It's kind of like when Batman became Batman is when he saw his parents get shot by the Joker, yeah. right? Like, that was the moment. Like, it, like the, the buzzer went off in my head. So that would be what the origin story of the Josh Hennig yes, movie is. Yes, the origin story of how I became who I became is the day that I won the most improved player medal at Williamson Kennedy High uh, Middle uh, Elementary School only to have it stripped away from me the next day. And now I want to find that bitch of a fucking, uh, now I'm angry. You now you guys have upset me and I want to find that principal and I want to find out why this happened. Do you remember her name? I don't. I got to find the Williamson Kennedy Elementary School Principal 1996, Poplar Bluff, Missouri. Who was it? And I want to find that bitch. And what the, what the funny thing is, I'll show up. This woman will have no idea who I am. She'll be in an old folks home, like in hospice. And I'm going to walk my ass in there. I'm going to say, listen here, ma'am, I've got questions. Why did my medal, why did my award get stripped from me? I was the most improved player at Williamson Kennedy Elementary School on that basketball team. Why did my shit get stolen? She'll go, who the fuck are you? Why are you here? Yeah. Who are you? Bitch, I am Josh Ennis. My grandpa used to be something in this town. My uncle's a fucking lawyer. We may sue. My dad is the biggest celebrity to ever come out of this town outside of the lady that created Designing Women and that one gal who was in Playboy that was in a few episodes of Growing Pains. Outside of those people, my dad's the biggest celebrity to come from this shithole, and I might be number, I might be on the Mount Rushmore. Real talk, I might be on the Poplar Bluff. Well, and Derlin, and Derlin Moore, I think, was also on there. But outside of that... I. 
if, if I'm not on the Mount Rushmore of this city, I am Mount Rushmore fucking adjacent, okay? So damn it, you're going to show me some respect and you're going to tell me why I was stripped of my rightful award. And she's going to go, I don't know who the fuck you are. Who are you? Also, uh, a solid point brought up here by uh, uh, B. Jones about uh, who the girl was that actually won that Most Improved Player Award. That girl grew up to be Brittany Griner. Mm. Yes, that is confirmed. Wouldn't that be something, though? Like, also, like, I mean, you're not even on the notable people list of the Poplar Bluff Wikipedia. But that's on Wikipedia. I was on there once, and someone took my ass off of there. It said Josh Ennis, noted poonhound. Well, that's Somebody why. put that there, and now it's gone, and that's bullshit. So tell me who is on the Poplar Bluff famous people. Well, your dad is six down, so he's not even top. Is it alphabetical? No. Okay, I'll tell you if my dad's a bigger celebrity than these other people. Uh, Linda Bloodworth Thompson. She created a great television show called Designing Women and a show called Hearts of Fire with Marky Post and John Ritter She and a show called Evening Shade with Burt Reynolds. So she's like number one. So that's correct. That is totally correct. Okay, Christian Boving. Don't even know who that is. Fitness model, bodybuilder, and actor. Nope, not interested in some muscular dude. Nobody cares about him. Sean Fister. Don't, who is, he sounds like a baseball player. 95, 2001, and 2005 World Long Drive Champion inducted to three, count them three, Hall of Fames. Man, that, that does not even, that's not even a thing. <coughs> Screw that. Uh, Leroy Griffith. Now, he's a football player. Nope. Nope. He is a burlesque theater owner and film producer. Well, he's certainly above my dad. That man distributed pornography. Then we come to Tyler Hansbro. I pl- that was another one of those uh, like aha moments. So I remember watching. I, I knew that Tyler Hansbro was from Poplar Bluff and played for the Mules, but it didn't occur to me until like many years down the road watching him at North Carolina. I'm sitting there one day talking to a buddy, and I go, "You know what?" I think I played basketball against this guy because we're about the same age. He's like maybe a year or two older than me, probably. Psycho T. He went to a school called Sacred Heart Catholic School. His dad was like a doctor or something, a very well-to-do. They were a wealthy family for Poplar Bluff standards. And we played against it, uh, that team. And all I remember is we had a team full of black kids, and they had all the white kids at the Catholic school, so we won. And I remember the dude crying. I go, who was that guy that was crying after the game? Sure as shit, it was Psycho T. He's probably crying because I fucking checked his ass hard. I probably did, backed him down in the post. Who did our friend Ben, uh, ben play against? He played against, oh, fuck. He played against, uh, what's his it name? It was a good one, too. Yeah, he played against, what's his name? It's all over, uh, Kendrick Perkins. Yeah. He's like, Kendrick Perkins, like, dunked on me 15 times. Because Ben's like me. We're about 6'2", but we had to play the post because we're not skilled basketball players. So Ben, he grew up in Texas. And uh, he played against Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins is like 14 feet tall and thick and all. <laughs> it was like when I had to try to check Big Baby in Baton Rouge. Like, I'm in the post. They're like, you're checking Big Baby. I'm like, fuck. Because Big Baby was fat and tall and tough to guard, man. And uh, and he schooled me pretty good. Well, now we come to Scott Innes, radio broadcaster and voice actor for Scooby-Doo. Yep, that's a solid one. After that, we have Charles Jacko. Jaco? Now, Ch- that's C.D. Jaco. He worked at CNN. Yep. And he uh, did a lot of um, Gulf War coverage. And I think he went to high school with my grandpa, Greg. We also have Billy G. Canell. Don't know who that is. Medal of Honor recipient, United States Army. I should know that, I guess. Thank you for your service, Billy. Tim Lawler. Don't know who that is. Professional baseball pitcher. Eh, 
You don't matter. Matt Lucas. Don't know who that is. Singer, drum writer, and songwriter. Oh, don't know who that is. Julie McCullough. Now, she was the one that was in those episodes of Growing Pains, and she was Mike's girlfriend on the show, but they kicked her off the show because she did a spread, I think, in Playboy or Penthouse, one of those, and old fucking Holy Roller, uh, uh, Kirk Cameron was like, nope, I will not do scenes with this bitch. She's trash. By the way, and Matt, they kicked Lucas, her out. Uh, Matt Lucas in the Rockabilly Hall of Fame. Cool. So. Cool. Uh, then we have Derlin Moore. Derlin Moore, of course, was, uh, he played for the, uh, he played football. Who did he play for? The, did he play for the football Cardinals? Who did he play for? Play the Rams? He played for the Saints and the Jets. The Saints, that's it. Duh. Should have known that one. Uh, and then Dr. A.K. Roberts. I don't know who that is. He's a poet. Well, that's good. And Mike, Michael Rouse. Don't know who that is either. Composer. I, I think I should be on the notable people. Are they unaware of the fact that I got into a fight at Radio Road? Do they not know about this? Do they not know that multiple times we have been featured on Sports Center for doing dumb shit? At least once. And it was Jim, not us. So yeah, that's but still, a- it was Jim representing my damn radio show. So piss off. What if I Googled, uh, what's the town Jim's from, Cahokia? He's from Cahokia, Illinois. Do you think he's in the Wikipedia? If not, somebody needs to put Jim Mudd in the Cahokia, Illinois Wikipedia page. Like right now. Like so, I don't even care if I'm on our page. I want Jim Mudd to be in the Cahokia, Illinois notable people page. I think it has to happen. That would be awesome. Nope, there's only two people. Who would those be? Well, Hungarians... That's country and rock band, Well Hungarians. Of course. And Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead? The former Saints left tackle Teron Armstead? Yeah. Is from Cahokia, Illinois? Yeah. That is not a town where I'd want to be black. Like, at all. <laughs> There's a lot of towns around St. Louis that I'd be like, nope, no thank you. I do not want to be black in this town. Cahokia, Illinois would be one of them. But yes, if anyone wants to go add Jim Mudd to the Cahokia, mm-hmm. Illinois uh, Wikipedia... Yep. That would be pretty pretty sweet. Uh, let's see here. Um, <laughs> M.W. Sogrove, your wiki page should include that you brought Verlander to the Astros. See, I think that's important. By the way, as, as whoever added me on that, that, that uh, tweet from, um, from uh, Jeff Luno, and he talked about all the great people that you know made it all come together to get Verlander. He didn't mention me, which is real dickish because I know I know he knows who I am, and I know that I was the only son of a bitch in that goddamn town saying go get Verlander. Now everybody wants to blow him and say, "Oh Verlander, oh he's great." I was. I'm the fucking captain now. Damn it. I did that. that. I can't even deny that. You're right. That, that was me. I'd get on there every day, Dustin Smirschmander, and everybody would laugh, ha ha, and that dip spitting cuck fuck, uh, Michael Connor, that cuck fuck, sat there and mocked me. I just like remember, I'm like, dude, I'm the fucking morning guy at this fucking radio station, and you think you're such big shit that you're answering my fucking phones, and you're fucking mocking me, and it turns out I brought your shitty fucking baseball team a championship because somebody had to be on the goddamn radio challenging the team to go get the motherfucker. Speaking of the Astros, it's yes. going to be fun when they just like totally crush the Seattle people's dreams. I'm looking right? forward to that. Because they've won. The Mariners now have won, what, 14 in a row? Yeah. They had the kid in the home run derby yesterday who was awesome. Yeah. People are all like excited. Yep. Because they got the Astros, I think, for like seven of their next 10. Yep. And when the Astros win five of those or whatever dead. it is, they'll be dead. And we can stop hearing about it. And that fraud Bootsy, my God, all, like his social media, like I get that he's trying to straddle it because I know that life. He's worked in multiple cities. So you're trying to straddle that whole like, you know, you're trying to pander to both sides. So I understand it. 
But stop with the fucking Mariners shit. They're nine games out. They won, what, 13 in a row and are nine games out. 14. So all you need to do is go take five of seven from these guys, yeah. go five and two, and put the fuckers to bed. Like, who honestly thinks that the Astros are going to drop, like, seven games to the Mariners? Like, I nobody. don't. Well, Seattle does, because actually Friday's game is sold out in oh, Seattle. Boy. that's I, I don't know when the last time that's happened. I couldn't tell you. But and I, they've I, also got uh, 37,000 sold for Saturday and 30,000 sold for Sunday. Boy. Boy, it's a big, big time to be Against in Seattle. Macklemore is going to be swept. there. <laughs> Macklemore is going to do his weird white guy rap shit and everything. Can probably. I put all my money on the Astros to sweep that weekend? I, weekend? At least win the series. You generally speaking, you could do bets that say, "Hey, who's you know going to win the series?" I would take the Astros. Like, like the way it goes is when these teams that are kind of Johnny come lately start to really feel themselves and the fans get into it. That's when the big dog comes to town and just shits on them. Yeah. The Astros are going to come to town and they are going to shit on those guys, and it will be glorious. I'm excited. And, I you know, am. This could be a really fun week for the Astros. It sucks. It's the All Star game now. I think the All Star game is kind of boring. Mm-hmm. But we got the double header with the Yankees on Thursday. Yes. And that, of course, is going to be must-watch TV. That's that's all of Thursday. You've got all day and all, all night. All day, baby. Like, all the first day. game's, I think, at 12, and then the next one's at, like, 6-ish. So that's all day Thursday. Then they go to Seattle, and they're going to beat the shit out of the Mariners. I'm into baseball again, man. Well, I well, it, especially, you know, now there's a little bit of drama with the Astros. If they win five out of seven, there's no more drama. Um, But... You look at uh, we were watching the All Star uh, Home Run Derby last night, and my Which man is fine. Albert. Uh, speaking of conspiracies here, so uh, there, uh, this is not going to shock you, but McDougal, among others, including Andy Bloom, who sent me a text last night, is <laughs> like, would think this. like I'm like he's like, listen, uh, and I made fun of him because uh, Andy is in Philly for something, and he sends me a text, and he's like. Sure, Schwarber threw that last night, no question. I'm like, Andy, you sound like the fucking idiots that call WIP. If Schwarber was going to throw that, I think he would have been like laughing and more like jovial. He seemed actually kind of angry about it. Well, to it. be fair, though, you got to sell it. You know, like, you, you got to sell it a little bit. And he did sell it well. Like, if you're going to take a dive, you got to act like you weren't trying to take a dive. So I would get that, but I do not I believe. Think he threw it. No, God, no, he didn't throw it. Now maybe he was kind of half-assing it because he's facing a forty-two-year-old guy, and then he realizes, oh shit, I got to get yeah. it going, and then never got it going. Now right. maybe that was the case. He felt like, oh, I can get like twelve home runs in like five seconds. Exactly, and then he didn't, of course. He got cocky. I don't believe. Did. Yeah, well, I mean, you overlook people. I mean, that—that's how you know Buster Douglas beats Mike Tyson. You're lazy, you're fat, and you go out there and you say, "Fuck it, I can roll out of bed and beat this guy." So, good for Albert. It was a fun moment. You know how I feel about Albert. But McDougal, all about, like, like that is the most Philly thing ever for people in Philadelphia to be like, yep, he threw it. That's the only way we, that's the only way. Yes, first of all, it's the fucking home run derby. Who cares? Worry about making the playoffs, which you haven't done in uh, over a decade. You've had one good month in 12 years, and now you're bitching about getting jobbed by, you know, your dude throwing the home run derby. Come on. Uh, Philly41862 says, not because I'm a Phillies fan, but Schwarber got ripped last night in the OT. He had 20 home runs. ESPN missed one. Should have been tied going into another overtime. Here's the problem I had with that coverage last night. It was terrible. It was awful. The announcers are terrible. Like, you can't keep up with the home runs. It, I feel like it used to be so much better. Like, you'd have you'd have Boomer on there, and he'd go back, 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 back. 
and it'd be more enjoyable. And it felt like you missed a ton of home runs. There were so many times last night during that broadcast, they just left the camera on the batter and never showed you the home run. And they like they were awful. So many times they would be wrong on what the count was and every, the home run count was. It sucked. Now, the Spanish broadcast of the Albert bonus round was pretty great. Well, because Spanish broadcasters are far superior to English-speaking broadcasters. We say it every year, but Hawk Harrelson should have called the home run. There's only one man who can save the home run derby, and that is Hawk Harrelson. And that will never happen. But can you imagine? He is like contractually obligated to say you can put it on the board, yes, every after every home run. home run. So like 600 times he would say that <laughs> in a given night. It would be fucking awesome. You put it on the board, yes. You put it on the board, yes. Put it on the board, yes. Like guy like nails like seven in a row. Put it on the board, yes. He go. Just all that shit. But the coverage of the whole thing was not good. Um, I think that Ravage blows. I just think it's boring. I think that, no, no. Watching the home runs is fun. I think it goes too long. Like, I think you could do it without eight dudes. Like, if you were to do that with, like, even four dudes. But you have to justify getting people in the stadium. You got TV time to fill. So I get all that. But eight guys, and it seems like it takes way too fucking long. Well, once like, your guy is out, you're kind of over it. But, like, had Albert gone to the finals, you would have been totally sucked in. Sure. But obviously that was not going to happen, although it came a lot closer than we thought it would. Uh, also, last night was that Jeter thing. I don't think I'm going to watch that shit. Like, I, I, th- think, I think I they're really it. trying to, to like, either they're misreading the marketplace and they think that the world, like, the world cares about that, or they're just like, fuck it, we need some filler time and it's Yankee stuff, so maybe people it's will watch. Seven parts. Like, I don't like. Is it bad that I don't give a fuck about Jeter? Wait, are they? I haven't looked. Are they seven just one hours? Or are they like seven two hours? I think they're just one. There's no way I'm watching like, 14 fucking hours of Derek Jeter shit unless it's just all about the chicks he's fucked and there's video. Then I will watch that. I don't need dance. to hear about, oh, the great hero Jeter with his weird behind-the-back throw to get to Giambi. Like, I don't give a fuck. I've heard enough about it. Like the, the last dance, the Michael Jordan one, that was, like, good. That was 10 parts. Because Michael and Jordan never... is arguably the most important athlete of the 20th century. Correct. Derek Jeter is a guy who's a Hall of Famer. You get 3,000 hits, you're a Hall of Famer. But if he would have played in Kansas City or Oakland, he would just be a nice Hall of Fame player because he played for the fucking Yankees. People talk about him like he's a fucking god, and he's not. He's yeah, fine. I'll be, I'll be interested to see the ratings for this. Now, yesterday might be a little higher because it was on right after the home run derby. So might be lower, like, though, because it would have been yeah. at, like, 11 o'clock at yeah. night on the East. And I think the next part's on Thursday, but I'm not sure. It like, is. I don't think – I just – I think they're not reading the room that's correctly. That's a lot of Jeter. It, I just don't think people care about Jeter. Like, even – Like Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the biggest name in the sport that is the biggest sport in the country. He's Tom Brady. He's controversial because of all the the deflate gate and all that. There's controversy. Derek Jeter's just a nice guy that happens to have just over 3,000 hits. He had big hits in the postseason, which is fucking cool. Fine. But, like, I just don't give a shit. Like, A-Rod, to me, is a more interesting character. First of all, he's a far superior baseball player to Jeter, yet he had to bow down and kiss the ring of fucking Jeter and move to third base. He's a better hitter. He's a more interesting character because he seems like a real narcissist fuck bag. So that's interesting. Like, I don't just, like, Derek Jeter, like, here, here's some great work ethic documentary shit about Jeter. Like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't appeal to me. Jordan appealed to me. Whether it was Rona or not, I would have watched 10 parts about Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan is my childhood, and he's fucking awesome. We didn't watch the Tom Brady thing either. That was like yes, nine Yes, uh, Roddy Richards said the Brady doc was nine episodes. Honest to God, that doesn't appeal to me either. Like, that's like if I'm bored one day, I might watch it. But, it t- like, it has to be a special player that I'm interested in for me to invest 
invest that kind of time. Jordan, I would invest that because that was my childhood, like the peak of my sports consumption days. And I feel like everybody loved Michael. Like, again, Derek Jeter's very targeted. Very Yankees fan. You probably love it. But that's part of but, the problem is some of these networks, they get caught up on New York, New York, and they think people give a shit. Well, like I don't Mike think and the people Mad do. Dog, the Mike and the Mad Dog 30 for 30. New York and you. No, false. I watch <laughs> it just because I, you know, I'm a radio guy. It was New York and fucking Meltzer and all these other Syracuse dweebs. Radio jamokes, yeah. Yes. If Derek Jeter spent his whole career on the Rockies, nobody would care. Agreed. Now, part of what made him is getting clutch hits in the postseason, the Mr. November stuff and all that, like, I get that. I'm not telling you that he's not a good player and he's not a Hall of Famer. You don't get 3,000 hits and get left out of the Hall of Fame. Is there any player with 3,000 hits that is eligible for the Hall of Fame that hasn't made it? I don't believe so. I think there are some guys with 500 that haven't made it because you got Sosa and McGuire and Bonds and and I think Palmero might have 500. And not he's his, not his in. His career isn't you know obviously great, but I feel like you could do a, a Jeter doc in maybe two episodes. Yeah. And I, unless you can do seven parts about how he used seven. to fuck Minka Kelly, seven seems absurd. And, and I want to know about read, all the ind- I want to know about the non-disclosure no, I agreements. Think, I think he dispelled that. Oh, they didn't bang. I think he shut that down. No, there was never any NDAs. Oh, well, that's no good. He never had NDAs. Like he didn't. No, the gift baskets. He he, he dispelled shut down, like, that. Gift baskets. He he didn't really give gift baskets. I believe. If that's the case, then the fuck do I care? Then that that that's what makes him interesting. Just being a solid baseball player is not that interesting. Like I don't give a shit. Doesn't appeal to me that much. Uh, other stuff going on today, though. Uh, so Mike Leach, this is the only audio you need from the great Mike Leach at SEC Media Day today. You're better off having too small of a package than too big a one. Words to live by. It could be a Jeter conversation there. You're better off having too small of a package than too big a one. I don't know that that's the case. I bet as someone who has a small package... Agreed, Mike Leach. I'm sure that Mike Leach never changes. He I agree that the, the guy same, didn't give a fuck. The same, you know, monotone, the run-on sentences. It's brilliant. He is the goat. He's the goat of speakers. And he is what survived, he is. you know, he survived cancel culture. They were coming for him. You know what? I, and I think the reason he survives it is because he doesn't give a fuck. I yeah. think that's an important thing. Yeah. Not giving a fuck is a huge component of whether or not you get canceled or not. Because if you start apologizing and become a wuss and stuff, I say, they'll, they'll, they'll sick you. I want to say all he did was get off of Twitter. Smart move. Yeah, so he handled it well. but Very good move on his part. I God, think I love Mike that. Leach. No, he's badass. Uh, and um, I don't love this coach from South Carolina. He's he a seems douche. like a tool. The what's his name? Beamer. Yeah. So he did like a whole dancing video too. To turn my swag on by Soldier Boy because it's two thousand. Like how sad is it to be these SEC coaches? Like on one hand you're getting paid like five million a year, which is pretty sweet. On the other hand, you have to do dipshit, soul-crushing, pride-swallowing social media dances and shit to try to get some dipshit kids to play Nick Saban at, uh, at South Carolina. Nick Saban has to do no such things. Now, yep. Brian Kelly, like we were having this conversation off the air, like Brian Kelly, that whole dance video with the recruit kid who didn't even go into LSU, right? Yeah. That was like a doof move. Like, yeah. Brian Kelly, kind of a doof. Yes, but I think that's video, a good way to put it. This video of the coach of uh, Beamer. Is it Beamer? Yes. From Shane Beamer. South Carolina. Yep. He is a tool. There's a difference between a doof and a tool. Well, really, tools are younger guys. Like, a dude, like, in his 60s can't really be a tool. I think Kelly's probably in his late 50s, early 60s, right? Like, if you're, like, a 30-something-year-old dude and you're doing Soldier Boy shit, you're not a doof, you're a tool. I think tool and doof are, are, are determined by age Maybe. more than anything. But also, at least, like, with the Brian Kelly video, he was trying to get a kid to commit. 
Yeah. Like this was just the dude walking into SEC media day. Like I watched that and I'm like, I want you to go 0-13. Yeah. 0-12. However many games are on your schedule, I want you to lose them all, Beamer fella, because I don't like you. You are a toolbox. Yes, that is confirmed. Thank you. Uh, other stuff going on today. I saw some stuff in the uh, the comments here, just scrolling through. Got a lot of people that have commented. Here's one from earlier, and there wasn't any Deshaun news today, but Legend Spin says, Josh, why are you letting your wife turn you into a pussy on the Watson stuff? Don't act like you've never been in the locker room. I've been in the locker room, but I don't think dudes jerk off on massage therapists in the locker room. Like, if like if that makes me a pussy, then I'm a pussy. But like, I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, man. I don't give a fuck that the guy jerked off on forty broads in a massage therapy. Like, give me a fucking break. Like, don't let your wife do it. I love Deshaun. Like, I thought Deshaun was great. I had his jersey, everything. But listen, you're you're barking up the wrong the tree with this bitch. Because yeah. Jilly, she don't give a fuck. It's not like one of those like I'm not feminist like the feminist wacko over here. Fuck no. She's been called, what have you been called? A uh, Internal misogynist. An internal misogynist, okay, Multiple by other times. women. So let's not act like Jilly is somebody that steps up and is like, you know, wearing a Women's vagina rights. hat and shit. Yeah. But like, come on, bro. Like, like, don't come at me with, you've been in the locker room. That is truly the dumbest take I've ever heard. It's like, so that, so tell me about the locker room. Like, every I've walked into the locker room many times and I've seen tons of dicks. None of those dicks have been ejaculating on me. Or women in that locker room. So your argument of, man, you've been in the locker room before. There's a difference between like. Boys being boys. Like, like, like locker room shit where you're like, boy, like you're hanging out with your boys. Like check out the ass on that chick or whatever. I'm not some fucking right. prude. But like the idea that, hey, bro, walk into that locker room and tell me you don't see that kind of shit. You're right. I walk in every day. You won't believe it. One time, Deshaun Watson using tantric mind fucking ejaculated on Eric Winston. I watched it happen. It was fucking wild, bro. And we've talked about this. You would think, like, in the locker room, if I'm these dudes, I'm busting this dude's balls. Like, I mean, quite literally, because he can't contain himself. Well, he's busting his own nuts. Yeah, someone's going to pat him on the rump. Like, hey, good play, Deshaun. Yes, that is confirmed. <sighs> yep. Yep, that is very true. Yes, that is confirmed. Ah, oh, boy. Yeah, but I could see that being the case. Like, but, of course, they're not going to do that because they got to count on that dude to get him a championship. Yeah, well, it's Cleveland. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Mike Loves just says... I just opened Twitch, and the first thing I hear is, I don't have dicks ejaculating on me. Good time to tune it on. You got in here just in time there, buddy. But yeah, some gal walks in there, and there's, like, I don't know if you knew this, like, like locker rooms are exactly like you'd imagine. Dudes are just fully erect penises. 14-inch dongs, fully erect. And they stand there with their hands on their hips as if they're Superman. And they just stand there and come. Every time Aaron Andrews has ever walked in a locker room, the guys do yep. it come. Every and time. anytime a lady walks in, there is some ejaculating happening. So like that's exactly right. Bird what a horrifically stupid take. Just a dumb take. But thank you for listening, Legends Fence. We appreciate you, buddy. Now, here's one for you, Jilly. This is a conversation that I think will be right up your alley. The 10 most unbreakable rules of parking lot etiquette. And one of them is one that you tell me to do all the time and I never do. But this is parking lot etiquette. So you're in your car, you're in the parking lot. Number 10, you tell me if you agree with these, Jilly, because you are a big-time parking lot stickler for things. More so than I am, probably. You don't wait for the perfect spot if there are available spots further back. Well, how further back? And See, what's the weather? Well, the, that's fair. But, like, I used to drive a big truck back when I was a man. 
Uh, back when I used to walk in the locker room and just come all over Steve Slate, like boys do in the locker room. Even in a Sonata, you never go for the close spot. It's easier to do it than it was in the truck. When I had a big truck, I would just always park further back because it's a pain in the ass to park. I'm a big believer that parking lots all need slanted parking spaces. That would make life a lot easier. But anyway, so that's number 10. Number nine, follow the arrows. Don't go the wrong way down an aisle. Okay, that's understood. Yeah, it happens. It sucks. I, I hate when I do it, but... This is a big one from Jilly, one of her big pet peeves. Use your turn signals. If you're waiting for a spot, you have to signal that you're going in that spot. Otherwise, the spot's up for grabs. And then it's a race. Common sense. But if you're already there waiting, you, have you shouldn't to have to be, you should not have to signal. You have to. So if someone comes up well after you, they should know it's your spot. No. Nope. And you've claimed it by waiting. If they signal first, it's their spot. Number seven, always return your shopping cart. Don't just leave it lying around. Yes. People who do that are are dickheads. And I love watching like the carts just rolling down the fucking parking lot because someone tried to prop them up on the curb and they just roll and hit somebody's car. Number six, when you get in your car, leave quickly. Well, again, is it a good spot? Is it like a spot people are clamoring for? Or are you out like in the back of nowhere? But also, I mean, there's so many laws out there. You're not supposed to text and drive, whatever. What if you sit in your car and you need to send a text? What if you need to sync up your old Bluetooth so you can listen to a podcast? So, but for the most part, I agree. If you're in a prime spot, it can't be yeah, a situation you gotta go. like that. Uh, let's see. Uh, number five, don't slowly tail people as they walk through no, the parking lot. That is the worst. That should be a crime to do that. You're that stalking and you're a creep. That really happens around Christmas time. Sometimes I want to just like stop walking and let them bump me so that I can sue them. Me too. You know, good call. Everybody try that. It's a gist recommendation. If you park poorly, try again. It's better to take the time to repark than to park on the lines. That's being a pig parker. Yes. And nobody likes a pig parker. Nobody. Actually, another example of a pig parker, don't take up multiple spaces. It's another one, especially for a good and spot. And I am shocked at how many people find ways to take up not just two, not just four, but like six spaces. Yeah, it's mostly people in big trucks. Big truck people. Like, I had a nice-sized truck. You know, I'm not driving like, you know, some tiny little Ford Ranger. But I always drove decent-sized trucks. But it's the people that have like the side mirrors that shoot all the way out that are like a foot and a half off of the car and have like eight wheels in the back. Those kind of guys like the F three fifty dudes. Now they drive a big truck, but they're the dicks that usually have no regard for anybody. Number two, don't block the flow of traffic waiting a long time for a spot. Agreed with that. That's easy. And the number one, which honestly, this is, I think a, a illegal, don't park in a handicapped yeah, spot. Yeah, that's not etiquette. That's just the law. There is a big difference between <laughs> etiquette and law. That's, Do yeah. not park in a parking spot. That's a bit different. So there are those ones. Uh, that's what's uh, going on in the parking lot wars of America. What do we have to watch tonight? We have the, well, we have the Goldberg. We got to watch the Goldberg uh, thing from A&E for Grandma. Yeah, I'm hoping that there's somehow footage of the JCPenney that she went to to meet him. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be great. great like it? somehow I'm like, please, is that the Poplar Bluff? Yep, there looks to be a kid wearing a medal that he didn't earn right there in that's the back. Him. Yep, that's that's uh, that is our J.C. Penny. We started watching the show Hacks on HBO Max. It's it is a good. good show, guys. It's on HBO Max. I think it's actually a Cinemax show. There's two seasons of it. It's got Gene Smart from Designing Women, full circle from earlier. God, everything's coming. And uh, everything's turning up Poplar Bluff. And funny fun fact about Gene Smart. Her character on Designing Women, her name was Charlene. Charlene, when she was in high school, was a cheerleader for the Poplar Bluff Mules. Full Whoa. circle. 
full circle. But anyway, so that's a funny show. So we, we don't have the all-star game. I, I mean, I threw like 50 cents on five dudes to win the MVP, but I don't need to watch that until the Are end. Are any of the Astros playing? Kyle Tucker. Tucker is? I think Fromber's pitching. Oh. I just, I don't have any interest. The home run derby is far more interesting than the actual game to Agreed. me. So we got to watch Goldberg. We've got a couple of these wrestling things to watch. Apparently Battles got his tickets for the Ric Flair, Jeff Jarrett tag team match at the Municipal Auditorium. He's like, bro, do you want to go? I'll, I'll get us some tickets. I'm like, fuck no. I don't want to watch a couple of old dudes fucking wrestle. I'm already being dragged out to SummerSlam. It's sitting in the heat and sweat my balls off. Last thing I want to do is spend another day going to watch jank-ass wrestling, watch a bunch of old men. I remember that one night we were drunk and we were going to call Battle and be like, where's our SummerSlam tickets? Yeah. Well, we'll see if we <laughs> actually get these SummerSlam them, so. tickets, but we'll see. Uh, let's see. I think Hacks is from Mike Schur from The Office, Parks and Rec, The Good Place. Well, it would make sense then because it's a good show and I like those other shows. Good Place I didn't really care for. Uh, but I've grown to like The Office. Like, The Office is always on in the background. And there was something that happened on an episode yesterday. Hey, you lost your shit. <laughs> I just started you were like the guy at the Midas. But the thing is, it's all new to me because I don't watch The Office. So if I see... It's the same thing with The Office and, like, Two and a Half Men. If it's on, I'll watch it. But I haven't watched enough of it to have seen all the episodes. So it is new to me. And I laugh my ass off at it. So that's the good thing. See, that's the best part about not watching a show when it's current is 10 years later when you finally start to watch it, all of it's new. Now, there are other shows like Reba that are not new to me. By the way, did you see that they are talking about a Reba reboot? Hot damn. Is that necessary? Yes. Yes, it is a Reba reboot, baby. A single mom who works too hard and loves her kids and never stops. That seems like it might be a, a disaster. They're all a disaster. Let me have this. Just like the coach uh, reboot would have been a disaster. But you know what? I would have been there for it, but they waited too long and now Luther is dead. Now what am I supposed to do? Yep, that never... Uh... Todd, the show says things that don't need a reboot. Todd, why is the carpet all wet, Todd? You son of a bitch. Don't tell me I don't need more Reba. Who's clamoring for a Reba reboot? Nobody. Me and a bunch of probably religious people, if I had to guess. It's a funny fucking show, you dicks. Well, it was. A reboot wouldn't be. Yeah, it would. Some of these reboots work. I can't think of one, but some of them do. Now, what, now here's what they should do. A Reba reboot, but in the same vein of the Fresh Prince reboot, it's really dark and serious. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like, like, like Barbara Jean is like a fucking drug dealer. Like, she's all coked out and shit. One of the funniest things I saw, because they're doing a Frasier reboot, was like the mock trailer that someone made where like Frasier's like a, like a psychopath. That was good, too. Because there's going to be a Frasier. They're talking about a Frasier reboot, right? No, what's happening? They already have the script. So, but Jilly's been watching some Frasier lately. No, I got off on like season eight. I was done. I see. It got too, it got dumb. Deshaun Watson says, what, you got off on what? Yes, that is confirmed. What? I got off just thinking about ladies touching me. Hopped off the Fraser train. That, that sounds, you hopped off of what train? The yes, that train. is confirmed. I'm going to hop on the massage train, bitch. And then I started watching Shears, and there's Fraser again. He's everywhere. King of the Hill reboots comes in. See, King of the Hill's another show that I've watched some of, so I know what it's about, and I laugh. But there's so many episodes of King of the Hill that I haven't watched. It'd be new to me. Well, we bought Bob's Burgers, another animated show, on DVD. We have every season. Yep. And we watched, I think, like a third of the first season. And then we quit. But it'll be new to me when I decide to watch it. And how about there's the Beavis and Butthead new episodes are coming up. And that mo did you guys watch the movie? That was funny. 
That was a funny little movie there. It's simple and it's funny. Like, so today I'm at the gym, right? Uh, you know, day two of going back to the gym. And we're doing this thing where, like, it's, you know, where we're chopping the wood. Like, you know, we're using this weight and, like, doing this. And I said, so we're chopping the wood. And I shit you not, the gal just goes, you said wood. <laughs> I go, I like you. You're a fun time. You're like Beavis and Butthead, but a lady. Did you uh, do your max out again? No, I didn't do it today because I've been sore, but I, I got my workout in. So I feel good. That's two days in a row. So if I do one tomorrow, that's a workout streak. That's a trifecta. That's a workout turkey. And don't you forget it. You've got nothing this week preventing you from going all five I'm gonna days. I'm going to go five days. Five days this week. That's the plan. What do they normally recommend? Like three? Um... Uh, but no, they don't recommend anything. Just go as many times as you want. Oh, I thought I was reading about nine round. They say like three days a week. No, they don't recommend that. I mean, there are people that go six days a week, you know, I mean, but I mean, you should probably try to go three, but I'm going five today. Good. I'm going to see how many days in a row, weekdays I can go. I've gone twice. I'm tired of my face being fat and everything else. Well, I have a dentist appointment Boy, at one tomorrow. It so. was me and this one chick that was in there working out today, and this chick could kick like a motherfucker. Like, her leg was up above her head, and I'm like, ma'am, how do you do that? Because I can't get up that high. She goes, I'm a dancer. And I was like, like, on a pole? She goes, oh, no, silly. I'm a ballet dancer. I'm surprised you didn't get, you know, uh... Canceled for saying that. I didn't say that. I made that part up. Uh, I actually just said, "What? Like, like I'm gonna tell somebody? Like, oh, are you a stripper? Well, that's what I was. Fuck no, with. I'm not that dumb. I okay. said. So, I, my first guess was, are you a ballet dancer? She goes, Yeah, sort of. I go, Yeah, I know a little bit about ballet. I've watched uh, Black Swan. You didn't say that either. I didn't. I I could have gone John Lopez with it though, or not John Lopez, John McClane. I could have gone, and this, and I've told you this before, but this is a true story. Me and and uh, and uh, Rich are sitting in the studio. Maybe Laura was there too because she was on with us in the afternoon. And John comes in for his Friday hit, and McLean sits down, and it's almost like a a a a a, a Cheers moment right before the jingle from Cheers. But he sits down and goes, "Hey, John, what's going on? Yeah, it's all Black Swan. <laughs> yeah, I just watched him eat some pussy. I'm like what?" It was like, I forgot the exact line, but it was something along the lines of Natalie Portman eating Mila Kunis's pussy. And those were the words he used. And I go, that's fun. I'm going to have to check that out. And I did, and it was a weird movie. But uh, speaking of uh, Houston media people, while I'm just talking about some other things, I um, so Barry, apparently Barry Warner has a book that's out, and it's been out for a couple months. He finally... Uh, wrote a book called Off the Top of My Bald Head, I believe is what it's called. And it's just Barry's stories about hanging out with Ali and George W. Bush and all these big celebrities. And he's got awesome stories. So I saw a post about it on his Facebook. So I just posted, hey, man, I'd love to have an autographed copy and maybe I'll get you on the pod. Come on the podcast. We'll talk about it. Remember, I'm trying to you know butter the bread with old Barry because yep. he was one of my favorite people and he still is one of my favorite people. But he and I have had a falling out and I would like to mend those fences because I, I really love the guy, you know, and I don't really love a lot of people, but I really love Barry because I'm just I'm, I'm fascinated by him. And he was very well, good to me. a lot for you, too. But then eventually he turned on me, too. Like out of the blue, he just started to hate well, me. I don't blame like myself. He made fun of his ED commercial. Yeah, he, he was fine with that. I think eventually he just started hating shit. I don't know. He just he's that's how he is. He's kind of a malcontent. He'll turn on you pretty quick. But I posted that on his thing and he goes, and I'm thinking maybe he'll send me a book because we're friends, right? An autographed copy of his book. Shit you not. I say, Barry, man, I'd love an autographed copy to read. Sends me a link to go buy the book. Says, you can buy it and I'll autograph it. And I go, 
You're Barry, aren't you? That's so Barry. You have to buy it. I will. And then he said, I'd love to come on the podcast. So we'll, we'll try Barry to get Barry on, on at fun. some point. Barry Warner, uh, who's, who's a way. And he said chirp at the end of it, too. Um, but he goes, love to come on the podcast, chirp. And uh, I do miss, I, like, look, he was, a, I enjoyed, like, it was so bizarre. We had this, like, just this dynamic where he was, like, this older dude that, like, was very cocksure and, like, cocky, even though he really wasn't doing much at the time. And, like, and I was kind of his little wingman that rode, and he just kind of taught me shit. And that was, you know, was this young guy that just rode in a car with him, and he had a Jaguar at the time. Well, you're actually going to get him out there. I think what your problem is, you keep asking people to come on the podcast, and then six months go by, and maybe they don't want to come on the podcast anymore, like Angelo, who yeah. six months ago we were supposed to have on this podcast. But see, now I think that'll be good to have him on right around the time his last football season well, starts. What if he doesn't want to do it anymore? He's like, oh, I, I said I would do it, and then he never reached out. That's true. Same thing with Barry. I can see this, like, you know, three months later being like, oh, shit, never talked to Barry. Yeah. Josh's love for old white radio through. guys. I do have a love for old white radio guys, but I also love old black radio guys and Hispanic radio guys. Yeah, old guys. radio guys in general. Like Ricky Ricardo, who's one of my favorite people. He is not white. So there, deal with that, chief. Anyway, we can confirm that. Yes, that is confirmed. Thank you. Anyhow, well, I guess we'll get out of here then. Uh, what time do we have to get what Luther? Do we, can we effort Brock Osweiler? Does anyone have Brock's contact? I think that'd be funny. Like, what if we just set it up like, hey, we'd love to have you on for the season? Well, what, yeah, he'll say he doesn't need to come on a fucking podcast. But maybe he wants maybe he wants the attention. No one else is asking Brock Osweiler to come on their podcast, to my knowledge. Well, the how Manning about, cast isn't asking Brock to come on. Well, here would be our option. We send him a cameo request. He's not on. I, I oh, looked. he left cameo? He's no longer taking requests. Uh, so we just have to find somebody. Ask Vandermeer. Hey, Vandermeer. Hey, Mark, do you have his contact? You've got to have Brock's info, right? Can we do that? Who is an old black radio guy? Name three. Well, Terry Fox, who's a cool dude, who uh, is a radio legend, a legendary fellow. Uh, Tom Joyner is an old black radio guy. And um, the Mad Hatter oh, yeah. is an old black radio guy. Um, um, there are others. Fuck you, M.W. Soulgrove. Eat a dick. Don't put me on the spot with this shit. Do you still talk to Bruno? Not really. Like, I mean, like, I don't dislike Tony or anything, but, like, I don't. we don't really have a lot to say to each other. We worked together for, like, three months, so we don't really have a ton to say. And, like, I'm just not – I'm trying to distance myself a little bit from, like, the wacky world of angry white guy Republican Twitter. And, like, Tony is somehow kind of like the face of that now. And I'm not telling you that I'm trying to distance my – like, if Tony said, hey, can I come on the podcast, I wouldn't say no. I'm not, like, some asshole that's like, hey, I'm, you know, not friends with people. I posted a picture of me and Tony last week. But it's just, like, I'm trying to, you know, get out of that world of where I was for, like, a year and a half, which was just angry white yeah. guy. And angry white guy is not who I am. I get angry about certain shit, and I am white – but I am not angry white guy that just the whole world's out to get us white. Like, I don't want to be that. Yeah, I just want to be funny and shoot the shit. The pod became kind of a downer for a while there. Correct. And I and that's why I barely tweet about anything. And if I do, it's about just benign shit. Like, I don't want to get into that world. I got like it just it, it's a it's a heavy world that I'm not here for. Now, I'll offer opinions on certain shit. Like, for instance, today you and I saw that story about um Oh, what was the fucking... Oh, it was about how uh, Harbaugh and his wife are apparently like donating money to pro-life causes or something. And you know what I would tell you? 
Good. Let him donate to whatever the fuck he wants to and leave people alone. You somehow know? he'll get fired over that. Could be. Just for having the wrong opinion, right? Could be. Uh, not a fanboy says, that was my favorite time in the gist timeline. Which one was that, not a fanboy? The angry white guy one? Uh, Ace Gilmore, when is Jay Cutler coming on the podcast? Probably never because he doesn't need to. Well, he's got now his he's own... got his own media company. Brock does not have his own media company. So he's he might just be bored. Now, what if Brock comes on and he's just like, I got some fucking fire to spit. And he gets on there and he's not slow anymore. He just gets on there and he's like, he rips the curtain back. And he's like, let me tell you, motherfucker, something. I listened to every fucking show you did about me and every joke you told about me. And you're a motherfucker. Somehow Brock is now like new Pat McAfee. Yeah, all of a sudden he just starts this whole universe. Yeah. Uh, not a fanboy says the Trumper period when you were trying to get on OutKick. Yeah, that was a fucked up time. It was a regrettable time because it's funny. Now I hate Clay Travis and all these people. And uh, because I just I find them to be abhorrent and annoying. But but yeah, that was a time. I can't deny that. That was a time that occurred. I sat I, my ass was there and I'm like, I think our podcast would work on OutKick. And like, I'm so fucking glad it didn't, you know, because I just, it's not who I want to be. I'm glad to offer opinions on shit. I don't want to like, like shit just got off the fucking rails. And part of it was the Rona and people are frustrated. So it made sense. If you're ever going to go off the rails, it's at that time. Yep. But it really fucking went off the deep end and it went from being fun and everything else to just being a fucking nightmare. And I did not enjoy it. Yes, that is confirmed. Uh, it was like it was like an emo phase and heavy drinking phase and cocaine phase. It was. It was all of those things. Mega Blast misses the Trump period. Well, I would imagine some people do. And I'm sorry that that's not what it is anymore. But M.W. Solgrove says that was a weird time in every aspect. Summer 2020, COVID, right? Dude, totally. It was an odd time. I think time. everybody was fucking nuts. And some people have been able to get out of it. Like, I think I've climbed out of the nuts world and i'm like i just don't need this shit i'm here to try to make people laugh have a good time and like kind of make you know everybody kind of because i'm trying to build a fucking successful podcast and basically what it comes down to is you've got a world where you can get on a podcast and you can try to be you know like one side right wing left wing but you gotta be 100 percent into that shit you have to be can't be half pregnant yep you gotta and i was half everybody pregnant. you gotta like kick everyone else because that's what was happening too there's a lot of people in our chat nothing wrong with you guys but that was kind of the environment we were providing we lost a lot of viewers we lost a lot of listeners who, if you read your Facebook post, will tell you like, oh yeah, I was checked out. Like I was done with it. And like, that's why I'm trying to get these people back. And it's not that I'm trying to pander to them by saying, hey, by the way, Biden rules. It's just, I thought the shit sucked too. And that's not why I, I was doing this. But everybody went a little bit crazy at that time. And uh, so that's why, you know, we kind of shifted gears, tried to get back to being fun again. And I think that's going to be a, uh, a good thing. And I think more people, I'm seeing the numbers start to tick up a little bit. And uh, we're going to have the rebrand coming up here in about two months or so. We're working on the rebrand. So, uh, and I think that'll be successful as well. Cindy Nude says, what is the new pod name? I'm not going to share that yet because I'm not 100% certain. We're working on a logo. I'm going to see how it looks. And if I think it pops and it works, we'll ride with the name I'm thinking of. If not, it might shift to something else. But I feel that it needs a different name than, um, I just, it needed a different name than the Josh Enna show yep, that's because the there's radio. too fucking many of those. And if I end up staying on here or somewhere else and it's the Josh Enna show somewhere on the radio, I'm looking to differentiate the two and I need a different name for it, but I will not be getting rid of these fun little microphone things here because they look cool. 
And that was a gift from my father. And I will continue to put that bad boy right there. Uh, somebody a second ago said we need John Cassio. Cassio can come on whenever. I didn't say that I wouldn't talk to people that are political. I'm just trying not to be like Mr. Angry Fire and Brimstone guy all the time. Why don't you change the name of the radio show? Because I don't fucking want to. I mean, I'm fine. Like, I'm content with the name of the radio show. If I do that, then they have to go through a whole process of changing shit well, on their like, end. And podcasts do better when they have, I think, like, names that stick out. If you're trying to grow something organically without the help of radio, you need something that's going to draw people in. You're going to see, like, what is that? Like, the Correct. Josh Innes show just works for radio. It does. Like, I'm, I'm trying to do something that will draw the eyeballs of other people. And outside of Houston, I mean, I know you think you're big shit, but no one knows who Josh Innes is. Well, in Philly. Yeah. Well, those two big cities, Jilly. Well, if you're trying to actually grow this into a sustainable business. Yeah, we'll see. That's not just a hobby. Yeah. But anyway, so... We will, uh, I'll, I'll give you more info on that when it happens when we do the big rollout, but I'm going to see how our new logo looks and if I like that. And then uh, Harold's in the chat. He's working on some QR codes whenever we do that. I love all the people that are on board, you know, with this shit. Like, I just, I love it. It's awesome the way people are coming together. And we're going to steal a bunch of PK's ideas. He actually sent us a bunch of stickers yesterday. Yep, so go I got to go downtown and shit and start putting stickers all over poles and whatnot. Deshaun wants to know, did someone say... Sticker with the pole? No, Deshaun. Nobody said that, you horny toad. Anyway, you guys are awesome. Harold, you're a ride or die. We love you, buddy. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow.